Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Speaking of Green. This is Beth Bond coming to you live from Decatur, Georgia, and I am with Maria Kingry and Lauren Joy this morning, and we're going to do something a little different. Normally I read bios, but we're talking solar, and my listeners know I love to talk solar. So if you want to find out more about uh, Maria and Lauren in depth, we've got links on our show notes where you can click on uh, their names and go to their bios. Um, And we're going to be talking about Stories of Solar, which is a project from the uh, SELC, Southern Environmental Law Center, and we're going to start off by talking about why do we need to tell stories of solar in the southeast. So, Lauren, tell us a little bit why this project got started. Sure, and Beth, thanks so much for having us on on the show today. You know, Southern Environmental Law Center does policy and legislative and litigation work across the southeast on a number of different environmental issues, but one of those being solar power. And we've seen a lot of growth and excitement around solar power across the country and and also in the southeast in recent years. Um, But a lot of times we find that when we are getting in the weeds about solar policies like net metering or tax credits um, or you know, utility-scale solar interconnection issues, a lot of times it's really easy to lose sight of the individuals and the businesses and the organizations that are actually making solar happen across our region and who are um, benefiting from positive solar policies. So the aim of the Stories of Solar Project was really to, to put those faces to the policies and to the success stories and uh, share those stories across the region so that people um, and and decision makers, and also just members of the public can really see who's making solar happen in the region. Well, and one of the things I love, love, love about the videos that are up is the diversity of conversation, right? You've got Nathaniel, who we all know in Atlanta, with a partner, I'm going to mess it up, Partnership for (laughs) Southern uh, Equity. Equity. Um, Right, and so he's a nonprofit working um, in and traditional African-American communities talking about, you know, energy equity, which is just a vital conversation. And then you've got, you know, this rocking cool preacher down in South DeKalb, and then you've got, you know, solar farmers up in North Carolina. I just I just love the diversity and the, the, the way the different stories are. Maria, you're part of that story. Tell us how you got involved in the project. So I have been involved in the solar industry for going on 16 years now, so way back before solar was cool, although, in my opinion, it's always been cool. Um, And so we're just one of the older, more experienced solar companies in the southeast. We've been working with policy and policymakers for many years, and so when I was invited to participate in this project to, to really put a face on solar, because ultimately... You know, it's about the people, and it's about, you know, creating better lives for for people. And so I was just thrilled to to have the opportunity to get involved. So tell us about your company, because if you've been around for 16 years, you're right. You've been with solar when it was was sexy, but not when it was successful. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's right. We have a phrase that we use in our industry. We call it the solar coaster. And we've seen the, the solar coaster go up and down a number of times. So when we started out in 2001, my husband and I started Southern Energy Management, and, and I will say, and I still say, it's been a labor of love. I mean, we did this because, quite frankly, we wanted to do something for a living that was in alignment with our values and something that we felt like we could make a positive difference in the world and help move things in a, in a positive direction. So when we started, um, very slowly, very, you know, like most new businesses, uh, but particularly in an emerging industry, uh, it was slow going at first. And then when it was the policy piece, when we got some really strong policies here in North Carolina around 2008, uh, we passed a renewable and energy efficiency portfolio standard, which required the utilities to uh, purchase a certain amount of their power from renewable sources. And that was when our business really started to take off. Great. And how many projects have you all done in North Carolina? Or, or, or do you service beyond North Carolina? We service... Um, Primarily North Carolina and South Carolina at this time. We have done projects up and down the East Coast in 12 states. Um, we've really focused in the last few years on uh, rooftop solar, so for commercial buildings and for residential buildings. And uh, so, we, and we, again, we focus geographically as well. Most of our work is in North Carolina and South Carolina. Great. And I know that South Carolina is a very hot market now because of some new legislation that passed that made it a lot easier to do solar in South Carolina. Yeah, well, there are some incentives from the utilities, and then there is a really nice tax credit, tax incentive for folks to invest in solar. And those are the kind of things that we have had um, sort of off and on in North Carolina. North Carolina was one of the reasons for the growth in our state was for many years we were one of the first states to have a uh, renewable energy tax credit. We were one of the first states, we were the first state in the southeast to have uh, this policy piece called the uh, Renewable Energy Efficiency Portfolio Standard. So, again, those two things uh, really propelled our market. Currently, South Carolina is looking a little more attractive uh, for, again, the average homeowner to be able to afford because they do have this tax credit in place. Um, however, there's still a federal tax credit available, and I will credit the solar industry as a whole. You know, we've really driven prices down. So, uh, you know, it's, it's still within reach. Uh, we would like to see some more aggressive policies in North Carolina so that we don't lose the momentum that we've created here. Right. Now, Lauren, I I, I could really dive deep on policy because I am, you know, wonky, wonky on this kind of stuff. But what I, I want to make sure that we do is we stick to sort of the story of solar. You all have stories from uh, Alabama, Georgia, North Carolina, and Virginia. What was your favorite story that you covered? 
Oh, goodness. You put me on the spot. Um, well, <laughs> Maria is on the show today, and I actually got to um, attend her filming. That was certainly one of my favorites. Um, but, but there are a lot of them. I mean, another North Carolina favorite of mine um, is uh, our, two, of our, two of our highlighted farmers. We've actually got three total, but um, Chad Ray and Renee Westmoreland, who participate in this great sun-raised farms project in North Carolina, which pairs um, larger utility-scale solar farms with uh, sheep and livestock grazing. And so they've figured out a way to um, make it so that solar farms are, are benefiting local communities in really multiple ways, you know, not just by um, bringing investment and revenue to, um, to the local areas, but also by you know, partnering with farmers so that they are able to keep land um, as grazing land. And, and I think that's, you know, a really important story and a really great way for agriculture and clean energy advocates to really um, collaborate going forward. We, we have had, you know, some concerns in the past about, you know, solar being used on agricultural lands. And I think those stories, for me, really show how they can work well together. So, so those were some of my other North Carolina favorites. Um, I'm happy to talk some about Georgia, too, because I know you are uh, based there. Right. We're based in Georgia. Um, and, of course, the, the St. Timothy's Church one is great because I think the, the one that should – well, I should just give full disclosure. I'm on the board of Georgia Interfaith Power and Light. So – um, okay. So I am a little biased about that story, but what I love about that story is is it shows that when people of faith align their values and morals, that they can actually do something that 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 is very visible, right? I mean, when you drive by the church, you see those solar panels. You go, you know, everybody goes, ooh, solar panels, because normally you don't see solar panels, right? They're out in a field somewhere or they're on top of a roof and you can't see them, but because of the 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 angle of the roof at the church, you know, you can see um, see that solar, and I think that makes a really exciting, compelling story for the church. Yeah, I I agree completely, and I will say, um, Reverend Reverend Dice and the St. Timothy's Church Indicator. I mean, they were just um, I, I love their story as well for that exact reason, and and because that's something we're hearing, you know, not just in Georgia but across the region are are really. Um, members of the faith community and faith voices rising up and saying, like, this is important. We need to care about our planet and, you know, future generations. And uh, being good stewards can take that really tangible form. And, and, and um, being able to do that in a way that's visible, as you say, Beth, I think is, is great and so important and really um, benefits, benefits our clean air for everyone, but also, you know, the, the churches who can save money and put that towards something else. Um, so, for example, I know St. Timothy's uh, has been able to, to redirect funds that they are now getting from leasing their rooftop for these solar panels to things like a food pantry project or Toys for Tots. And so I think it really is a win-win situation for everyone. Right. And one of the conversations I have a lot a lot of times with churches is is, is like, you know, it, when we talk about being leaders, you know, in the community, one of the ways we don't think about being leaders is, is what are we doing with our tithes? You know, are we just 
sending them to the local utility, who we're very thankful for. Trust me, I am thankful for air conditioning in church in August on a Sunday, no, no doubt. But at the same time, you know, we need to be good stewards of our ties and think about how we can help air quality and, you know, take that money you save by putting solar on your church and putting it in, in back into mission projects. I mean, you know, our building, you know, other things that are going to help you save even more electricity. So I, I think that's a really important conversation. Maria, I mean, you've done, you know, a lot, a lot of installations, but I want to, I'm just curious about when you start to have the conversation with someone about solar, what are the things that you sort of start off with, like this is the wow factor, this is why you, you want solar? Well, I think that people, <clears throat> excuse me, people are lots of, certainly the people that we talk to, they're already excited about solar. Um, they want the things that they're looking for. They're looking to save money. They are looking to control a little bit of their energy usage. Uh, and they're looking to um, make a positive difference, many of them. Some people care about that more than others. Um, but whatever, there's there's lots of things to be excited about solar. So we really try to determine what is the customer, what are their goals, and uh, how can we best meet those goals. And whatever gets them excited, that's what gets us excited. <laughs> they want solar, we're excited, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. We'll find a way to make it work for them. Now, Lauren, back to the, the stories of solar. So, how did you identify? I mean, I mean, clearly you all have got a very large network, but I mean, you had. I'm sure you had to be choosy about like how do we get these first stories up. What What was sort of the uh, the the thought process in that? Yeah, um, you know, it, it's interesting, Beth. I think it really started started sort of organically. We we thought about. Um, we had this idea of really needing to um, make sure that the voices of solar and the people who are actually trying to make solar happen and are benefiting from it, that they were getting out there. So uh, we, we weren't sure how many we would do initially and, and just started thinking about, um, you know, different voices that we knew of that, that were really powerful and different individuals um, in our region and who, who we already had contacts with who um, – we knew we were making this happen. And and then the second consideration was something that you mentioned earlier, Beth, which is that uh, we wanted to make sure that we were covering a broad spectrum of, of um, individuals and approaches to solar, and we didn't want all the same story. You know, we didn't want all farmers or all installers. We wanted to make sure we um, were covering, you know, a number of different uh, individuals and organizations who have gone solar, and so that really went into our thinking. Um, I will say we've 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 hoped to to gather even more stories. There's a um, there's a, a link on our website, which is www.stories.solar. Uh, there's a link on that site where you can submit your own solar stories. So we hope to gather even even additional stories beyond what we've already collected. Um, but as, as as I said, we wanted to get a diverse array of voices and also, you know, a diverse geography of voices. And so that's why we've got um, stories from a couple of different states throughout the southeast. Now, Maria, I'm I'm assuming that you've attended some of these uh, national solar conferences and things like that. Am I correct? Oh yes. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh. They're a lot of fun, right? Um, so, no, I just I'm got just back curious. one last week. 
Right, Vegas. I know. I'm like, I, like everybody's like, can we get a meeting with you in Vegas? I'm like, that's lovely that you think I'm going to be there, but I'm not going to be there. <laughs> um, so, uh, I'm just curious. I mean, since you've been in the industry so long, how how do you feel like us as Southerners when we go to those events? I mean, do you feel like it's still like, oh, we're lagging behind and it's still an issue, or do you feel like we've made enough progress where we sort of can say we're we're doing our part? That's a great question. You know, North Carolina is number two in installed solar in the country. So nobody can say that we have not done our part. And, and again, it's largely because of smart policies that we've had in place. And, you know, I would say that over, um, we are members, Southern Energy Management is a member of a national solar cooperative of independent solar companies called Amica Solar Co-op. And it's 38 solar uh, installers from around the country. And one of the things that we see is it, it's very choppy. Um, some markets, California, New York, are, are pretty steady state and because of, and, and Hawaii, largely because they have, you know, high cost of power. Those of us who are in states that have relatively uh, inexpensive power rates, um, we really, again, we run the solar coaster more than others. Um, the Southeast is not unique in that. I would say that the Southeast, um, again, because of our energy mix and, and sort of the prices that we pay here, which, which are low, and that's great, um, it's more difficult many times for us to make that uh, argument of we're going to grow our market you know, 10x this year, for example, where, where we see that happening in a lot of other places. So, so we're in there, particularly again with the utility scale stuff. We are we're right on top um, for distributed generation. We've we've got some work to do, and we've certainly, you know, I mentioned that we uh, uh, tax credit that we've had in place for years here in North Carolina was allowed to expire last year. I mean, it's totally changed our market, um, and and for many companies doing rooftop uh, solar distributed generation, it's it's changed what we're able to do. Great. Great. So, um well, so we're we're starting to hold our own. That makes me excited. I I was so pleased Lauren, I have to tell you to see the the video from Alabama. I'm like, "Yay!" cuz Alabama, I mean, clearly regards to policy and engagement is really far behind um I mean, even Mississippi. You know, I'm from Alabama, so we're allowed to make jokes about Mississippi, but I think Mississippi is even further ahead um, than Alabama in regards to uh, installation. Granted, it's utility-scale kind of stuff, um, and the military bases certainly help. So, But, Lauren, if, if someone is – because the, the one thing that I think is sort of a barrier to solar is, is, you know, some people are, like, all about the research, right? You know, they're just – they're going to go out, and they're instinctively going to research, and they're going to talk to all the installers, and, you know, it's – you know, and then the rest of us are like, "Oh my gosh, really? I really want it, but I don't want to do any work. I just want to make it easy." What would you tell people who are because this is a big investment, right? This is as big an investment. Um, I always joke and say, um, "Husbands go to home shows, they find out about solar, they come home and say, honey, we're going to do solar,' and she says, not before we do the kitchen and the bathroom." So, <laughs> right? I mean, so how how do how what's an easy place for people 
to get sort of quick information to make the choice to go solar. Do you have a location? Yeah, I know there there are some um, websites out there available that can sort of do some pricing, um, you know, local solar pricing for you. I know um, one I haven't looked at in a while, but I know Energy Sage is one of those that's out there. Um, but I, you know, to your point, Beth, this is one of the reasons we are really excited with the Stories of Solar Project to highlight um, folks like Maria and, as you mentioned, Chuck, Day, Chuck Jay in Alabama, because these are really these are the local installers that are an um, incredibly important source of information for individuals and families and churches and small businesses that are interested in um, putting solar on their rooftops. Because that, you know, in talking with folks about their own uh, process for going solar, many of them do rely on local installers and you know calling a couple of local installers and getting more information and and um, I know installers like Maria and Chuck really walk customers through the process from beginning to end of getting their panels installed, and I think that's so important. Um, and then one other, you know, one other great resource I'll mention is is in many states um, there are now these Solarize campaigns that uh, encourage bulk purchasing. So they'll encourage like a neighborhood or a city or particular region to. Um, uh, have many people sign up for solar at one time so that when they um, and they w they'll work with local installers so that when the panels are purchased they actually can get this group discount and so I think the solarize campaigns are another really great resource for if it's happening in your region it's another great resource for uh, folks who are looking to go solar well, and I didn't mean for that to be an, an unintentional plug, but I will say for people who are going to listen to this um, through December 2016, I actually, it's all my fault, so if it goes bad, it's all my fault. But um, I uh, coalesced a group of advocates together, and we are doing Solarize Decatur DeKalb, uh, which is the city of Decatur and DeKalb County in the metro Atlanta area. We have got great pricing the initial pricing just to sign up, even without sort of this is a tiered strategy for discounts. Um, we came in 15% lower than average installed cost, um, and then the more people who sign up, the the lower the prices go. So, especially um, residential, I think uh, something like a Solarize program really takes all the guesswork out for you. So, um, really excited about that, and people can get more information at SolarizeDecaturDecab.com. Which leads us into the next section because we're almost out of time, ladies. So I want it. Um, um, I want people to be able to get in contact with you in case they have more questions. So let's, um, Maria, tell us the best way for folks to get in contact with you. So the the best thing for folks to do is check out our website. Hello, Maria. Uh, that's. I'm sorry, hello. you broke up. Let's start over again. Oh, sorry about that. Um, folks can visit our website. That's at www. Uh, dot southern-energy.com, and I'll put it out there. If anybody would like to reach out to me directly, you can email me at mkingery at southern-energy.com, and I'm happy to direct folks to the, to the right people. And that's M-K-I-N-G-E-R-Y. You got it. Thank you. You're welcome. And, Lauren, how can folks get more information from you? Sure. Uh, for the Stories of Solar website itself, again, that's www.stories.solar. And then if folks would like to reach out to me directly, I'll give you my email address is uh, 
bowen at selcnc.org. Great. Hey, thank you so much. I've enjoyed this so much, and I hope we've gotten people um, really excited about getting solar or either at their business, worship uh, center, or at home. Thanks so much, Beth. Yes, thanks for having us, Beth. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. So clearly um, a lot of momentum happening in the southeast, which, of course, makes me very excited. One of the the, the promises of solar, of course, is sort of a distributed energy model, and utility solar has been very, very successful in the southeast, and we're thrilled, right? we got the utilities on. They're comfortable with it. They know it works. But now it's time to start thinking about how we can get it distributed, right? So you know, on your churches, on your business, on, on your residential. All of it takes all of it. You know, we need a buckshot approach, but every time solar goes up, it makes me smile. Um, and I love it that um, farmers are harvesting sunshine in their fields, but you can harvest sunshine on your own roof at your business um, or, or home. So hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you're listening to this on the podcast, if you would give us a thumbs up and and rate us, we would really appreciate it. Remember, Southeast Green is available online 24-7 with over 16,000 pages of content now. So if you really enjoy uh, sustainability and want want to know what's happening in your state or region, hop over to southeastgreen.com, and we'll look forward to hearing from you at the next Speaking of Green. We're going to close out with Life's a Peach.